informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And you can find us on demand anytime you like on your favorite podcast platforms. Well, it's uh, 509. It's Monday, May 8th, a new week. Johnny, we made it uh, through week one. We did. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Um, so coming up on the show today, hot news with Flatwater Free Press, our weekly segment with uh, our friends at Flatwater Free Press featuring investigative and hardworking journalists from Nebraska's very first independent and nonprofit newsroom. So we'll bring uh, Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, on here in a second. But uh, uh, Johnny, I don't know about you, but I got to go outside and enjoy the weather this weekend. Yeah, I, I got to a little bit here and there, went on a couple walks, and it was one of those things. I, I went on a walk Saturday night, and usually by the time I take my walks incredibly late at night, it cools down way too much, but it was still at such yeah, a comfortable temperature. That I'm like, I'm going to enjoy every minute of this. Uh, the Lincoln Marathon, of, of course, uh, yesterday. I think it was probably a little too warm for most yeah. of the runners. They didn't like that. But I got 20 miles. I'm not a runner, but I am a cyclist. So I got uh, a decent ride in yesterday on the uh, North Jamaican Trail, about 20 miles. So it's, uh, you there know, you I'm just getting getting into it for the season. You know, that's a nice warm-up. But um so that was good. Well, uh, in the news uh, today, with just uh, 17 days left of the uh, legislative session, uh, uh, State Senator Megan Hunt has filed, who has led uh, the filibusters for most of this session, uh, changed her party res- resignation from a Democrat to nonpartisan. So that was an interesting development there. And And speaking of... Uh, continued contentious debate in the Nebraska legislature. It was uh, just announced uh, a little while ago this afternoon. An amendment has been filed uh, to ban abortion after 12 weeks, as Senator Rippey, uh, Rippey, excuse me, had advocated um, during debate. Uh, and so that bill uh, is being amended into LB 574, the bill that's banning that would ban gender affirming surgery for minors. So we're taking uh, one very contentious uh, legislative bill and um, trying to amend it into the other most uh, contentious uh, bill before the legislature. So um, it will continue to get wild and and crazy over at the legislature with just, uh, with just uh, I think, 16 days now, maybe 17 uh, left. But uh, joining us, speaking of news, speaking of the hot news, joining us on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline is Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press. Matthew, thank you for coming back on the show. Hey, Dan. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do this. uh, Someone from your shop will do this every Monday. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. We're also looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, you guys do work really hard, and, boy, you've put together a tremendous team of journalists, uh, some doing short-form stories and and others doing more in-depth investigative stories. And so I just... uh, as a champion of local news uh, for journalists, uh, I, I just really appreciate 
what you guys are doing. So let's dive into this. And uh, I know there's uh, several stories that you guys were working on <clears throat> and uh, released uh, just a few days ago. But the one that one of the stories that really caught my eye, Matthew, was uh, a story that you had originally ran uh, back in March. In the original story um, uh, that you published back in March was the full Nebraska Parole Board appears at less than half of hearings when members miss votes, fewer get paroled. So that uh, had its desired effect, I think. Uh, you caught some people's attention, and a story that you published uh, just a couple days ago, the headline is, After Heat from State Leaders, Nebraska's Parole Board Shows Up. And the subhead Board attendance spiked in the spring of 2022 after a Flatwater Free Press story showing spotty attendance. It spiked again this year after the Nebraska legislature got involved. So, Matthew, walk me through that, uh, both of those stories a little bit, and how how you came up, came on that story and, and uh, the results that you've seen now from uh, this, uh, this these stories about the uh, parole board. Yeah, I mean, to me, and I'm a little biased on this point, but to me, uh, the uh, it really shows the power of journalism, right? I mean, you're talking about a reporter of ours, Yen Shi Shu, who in spring 2022 uh, took a giant data set uh, and basically uh, figured out that, A, um, I mean, she pretty quickly figured out that Nebraska Poor World didn't show up for parole hearings that often. Uh, which in itself, I think, was shocking to people. Parole board members are paid um, for uh, as full-time uh, employees. Um, it's a, a position appointed by the governor. Um, the the chair of the parole board makes close to 100 grand a year. Yeah, it's so, not a know, part-time these aren't, gig. These aren't, uh, right. They, these are these are serious jobs. Uh, uh, and but what she also figured out, what I think is even more important, is that when parole board members weren't showing up, when the full parole board wasn't showing up together. They were only showing up together 37% of the time at that point. This is March 2022. Um, when they didn't show up together, fewer people got paroled. And she did that through data. And that matters a lot because, uh, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm sure most of the people listening have heard at some point that Nebraska's prisons are overcrowded. Yes. I mean, this is a overcrowded prison system for, for decades um, at this point. So, you know, uh, a, 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 a significant number of Nebraska prisoners who were parole eligible were staying in prison longer, at least a month longer, if not a couple months longer, because the full parole board didn't show up to all together for parole board hearings. Now, then, uh, you know, and when we did that story in March 2022, um, it made the parole board very angry, as you as you might. Sure, get. sure. Um, the the uh, and I told you she when we did that story, we're going to come back a year later. And we're going to look at it again and see if anything changed. And lo and behold, <laughs> the uh, you know after um, the the that story came out after the legislature paid attention, a, a state senator from Omaha, Terrell McKinney, yeah. introduced a bill um, to, to kind of mandate that that parole board uh, members show up. You know, after that happened, uh, parole board members, the full bro- full parole parole board started showing up uh, almost twice as much and doing their jobs yeah as they as they they had been so you know the parole board says that there this is happening for other reasons they say there's nothing to see here there's no connection 
between the story, the bill, and their uh, increased attendance. Um, you know, I'd urge people to look at the – you can see the story at flatwaterfreepress.org. Um, uh, you know, look at the year-by-year graphic. Yeah, That's it's a great really graphic. Yeah. And you can kind of see – I mean, you can make your own uh, determination at that point if you think these things are, are, are tied together or not tied together. I mean, my uh, kind of practical uh, uh, brain tells me that they are. Yeah, the chart that you show, I'm looking at uh, looking at your story online now, but, uh, you know, you show in 2018, 49.9% uh, by 2019. As you mentioned, it had dipped to 38%, uh, and then even lower uh, in 2020 and 33%, uh, and, and by 2021, 29%. So, um yeah, that's that's a significant uh, difference. By the time that yeah. uh, in 2023, a 62.7 percent, um, and as, as some of our listeners may know, and by the way, talking to Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, um, you know the board, the parole board advises the the board of pardons, which is also very important, and, and of course. You know, my, back in my uh, former life, Matthew, uh, uh, actually before we knew each other, because you probably weren't old enough to to know me back when I worked in the <laughs> attorney general's office. But uh, you know, I, mean, I, had, I was alive. Yes, you I bear, was alive. Yes, sure. thank you. Uh, you know, so that was back in the back in the nineties. But you know, so we had uh, some interactions because my boss uh, served on the pardons board, and so the parole board advises the board of pardons. And the Board of Pardons is composed of the Governor, the Attorney General, Secretary of State, and the, um, yeah, those three, right? The Governor, Attorney right. General, and yeah, Secretary yeah, of State. Uh, and, and they advise them on the merits of any application for remission, uh, reprieve, pardon, or com- commutation. Um, and so the board, as you mentioned, uh, the parole board, uh, five full-time members appointed by the governor for six-year terms, and and uh, by law, board members must be of good character and just temperament. Uh, at least one board member must be a minority, one must be a female, one must have a professional background in corrections, uh, and then the governor designates one board member as the chairperson, and so yeah, the governor, you know, has a lot of control over that uh, body, and so, so, what were some of the explanations other than <laughs> in your stories of why they didn't show up? Yeah, and and the, one of the big differences between these two stories was that for the the first story, they just simply uh, basically didn't talk to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they refused interview requests. Repeatedly for this story, they did talk to us, which I really give them credit for. Yeah. Three uh, different parole board members talked to us, including the chair, Rosalind Cotton. I mean, what they said was as follows: essentially, uh, uh, COVID, obviously, and you know uh, that makes some sense, right? If you if you uh, have COVID as a parole board member in 2020 or 2021, um, you, you might not have showed up at, at some points. Did they uh, not? Did they not have any? Uh, uh process or way of doing electronic uh, voting or uh, meetings? I think they uh, I think they went remote for a little bit. Uh, they didn't stop, which is which is uh, interesting. They didn't stop for very long. But uh, yeah, they, they didn't. They, there wasn't a robust process in place uh, for, you know, remote uh, hearings and that sort of thing for a long period of time, so far as I understand it. 
Um, there's also uh, medical. Uh, Rosalind Khan herself has had some medical problems. She talked to us a little okay. bit about that. We had heard that the first time, but uh, I mean, the stuff just isn't. It, so there are certainly reasons, and they also said, um, uh, you know, that there is other parole board work that tends to come into play on the same day as parole board hearings. I mean, one of the things they're really bothered uh, by, I think, the first story is the suggestion that they simply, you know, that they're home in their pajamas. Right. And, the, and one of the reasons they talked to us for the second story was to say, hey, hey, we're actually doing work during some of these periods of time. We might not be at the parole board okay. hearing. Well, so that that's, makes sense. That's why, I yeah. mean, in your background in PR, you totally understand, like, sometimes it's good for the even a, a, a subject of a news story that doesn't want that story to come out um, or might not like it when they come out. It's still a good idea. <laughs> For them, oftentimes to talk to the yes. journalist because you do get your side of the story in the story, and we got more information um, the second time, and that's all included in that in in that story. Um, the the COVID medical leave, all that, it, it simply doesn't uh, completely add up to the to the chart that that you're um, seeing in front of you, mm-hmm. including that the that the attendance was uh, quite low in 2019, <laughs> yeah. which was before. Uh, COVID or the or the medical leave or anything like that. Well, it is it is interesting, Matthew. Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, joining us on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Um, it it is interesting. You mentioned you know in my other line of work in public relations of advising our clients uh, how to deal with the news media, and it's very rare. In fact, I don't know that I've ever advised a client to. Uh, to just completely ignore uh, media, um, you know, you can certainly uh, uh, tell the reporter. This is what I always tell people: do three things when a reporter calls. First of all, whether it's you answering the phone or somebody else on your team or something, find out who's calling, get their name and contact information, try to get from them what it is that they're trying to accomplish with their story. Uh, that doesn't mean you can ask for a list of questions. I've had people suggest that. It's like, no, that doesn't work that way. Uh, and third, ask them when their deadline is sure. and, you know, and try, try to work with them. And then you can hang up the phone. Then I tell them, hang up the phone and then call me. <laughs> and we right. can, you know, and we can work through this because it's just not, uh, it, it's, it, it's not conducive to uh, whatever your mission is of the organization that you're representing, in this case, the state of Nebraska, it's just not conducive to good government to ignore reporters' phone calls. Uh, so, uh, well, and in this case, I think it was just a it was a it was a bad PR decision by them. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there, there is just no way around the idea that uh, uh, we didn't know all that information. I, I just told you about the medical and stuff. There was no way right. for us to yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. So, yeah, you, know, you couldn't it, it, get that information from anywhere else. Right, right. So, yeah, there, there are there are ample reasons to do it, even in cases like I said, where you know you might not be thrilled by the end result, but the end result is more accurate and more accurate and to your liking, uh, based on additional information that that you know the subject can sometimes only provide. Exactly. Um, so any other follow up with this story uh, Matthew do you think it's uh it's put to bed and you're you're satisfied with uh, uh with uh, where you're at Will can Will can probably continue to watch their attendance over time if I had to guess the the um uh you know there is a this bill hasn't become law 
Um, it, it seems like it uh, will be uh, have wide, uh, uh, broad bipartisan support. But all, as you mentioned in your uh, run up to the interview, the legislature is dealing with some other things <laughs> right now. So, they, I, you know, I don't know. It is McKinney's priority bill. It's supposed to be voted on. It's supposed to get to the floor of this session. We'll see how that works. We'll follow all that. Uh, I also think the pardons board that you mentioned is a really interesting story. We'll take take a quick break, Matthew. We'll be back right after this message. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to The Dan Parsons Show. It's... uh, you know, it's Monday, and every Monday we're going to uh, bug our friends at Hot Water Free Press. And joining us from the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline is Matthew Hansen, editor of the Hot Water Free Press. Hot water, flat water. <laughs> There's too much. We got hot. We got hot news. We got hot lines. We've got, uh, it's all hot, and it is warm. So, Matthew. I mean, hot water free press would have worked. It totally would have worked. <laughs> Uh, that was our backup name. That's right. Hey, we just got a, a about a minute and a half here, Matthew, before we take the break at the bottom of the hour. But when we come back after the break at the bottom of the hour, I want to talk about this other story that I just find fascinating that you guys published uh, a couple days ago uh, about, uh, again, having to do with crime here in Nebraska and uh, just a really powerful story about victims of Nebraska uh, crimes, violent crimes that have been victimized again by a program that uh, that helps few. But we'll get into that after the break, uh, Matthew. Maybe just take a minute and talk a little bit about, and I want to dive into this in a future show, Matthew, about the whole idea of, uh, of the way journalism and media has changing. But uh, just take a minute to talk about the concept of Flatwater Free Press and the work that you guys are doing here in Nebraska. Sure. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's Nebraska's first statewide independent journalism nonprofit newsroom, uh, which I, uh, you know, is a tongue twister, but, but essentially the idea is we need to figure out a different way to fund uh, quality journalism, uh, uh, journalism with depth, journalism that takes time and money. Um, uh, and that's what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, it's not any knock on, on uh, anything else that exists in Nebraska. I mean, I'm a product of you Nebraska bet. newspapers. Um, And I newspapers will always be my first love um, in journalism. But as journalism jobs have started to go away, um, you know, there there have been uh, uh, creative ways that that uh, places like us and places in a lot of other states have have uh, uh, started to absolutely to, to, to fill the void yeah. left, left by some of the, the well, collapse of kind of traditional yeah. news. Yeah, well, we'll dive into that more, but uh, stay tuned after the break. We'll come back and talk more with Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And you can find us on demand on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Well, uh, every Monday, uh, Hot News with Flatwater Free Press is our theme and featuring investigative and hardworking journalists from Nebraska's very first independent and nonprofit newsroom. And uh, joining me on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline is the editor of Flatwater Free Press, Matthew Hansen. Matthew, I, we're, we're all kind of getting used to this uh, uh, new gig I have, and I, I was afraid I hung up on you. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> but Johnny, uh, Johnny Extraordinaire, uh, is uh, keeping uh, keeping us uh, able to do this show without too many mistakes. So, well, uh, Matthew, thanks for sticking around for the second half of the show here, because uh, I do. I want to talk about this uh, other just fascinating story that you guys published a couple days ago. Um, but thinking about. Uh, the story that we talked about last week, uh, when you briefly came on and on my first day last Monday, um, about the, uh, the story that you guys wrote about the amount of money, uh, that was being spent on the uh, mayor's race. Uh, one of my, uh, uh, friends in the consulting business, uh, you know, we all like to do the post mortem on elections, uh, the next day and the next week. And, and, and just for the record, I think I, I noted, I, I, I represent very few uh, in my day job uh, political candidates anymore. I've done that for years, worked for a lot of office holders. Uh, but anyway, I, I had no dog in the hunt in this mayor's race. I certainly had a vote and an opinion, but I I didn't have a client. But this was a fascinating statistic that was shared to me. I uh, just wanted to get your input about, about it. Uh, in the previous race for Lincoln mayor in 2019, uh, two members of the Lincoln City Council faced off uh, against each other in the general election, Cindy Lamb and Larry and Gaylord Baird. Of course, Larian went on to win that and became mayor uh, in 2019. But here is the amount of money that was spent in that election. Cindy Lamb uh, raised and spent $116,000, and she got 45% of the vote. In this race, uh, just last Tuesday, Suzanne Geist, all told, not only her campaign, but others who were helping her, uh, spent $2.3 million and got 45% of the vote. So the identical outcomes and quite a disparage, quite a difference in the amount of money that was spent. Yeah, it's really, it's really striking to, to hear that. I, I mean, I think that it, it says a couple things, right? It says that uh, money in politics is not the end-all, be-all of political races. Yep. It doesn't just because you put a dollar in doesn't mean <laughs> that that you're going to get the 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 result that you want necessarily. Also, and I think Aaron Sanford from the Nebraska Examiner had a really nice story about this. You know, a lot of times what can happen with with these sort of races, and you've seen this in the national scene too, is the idea 
that when you start to put a bunch of money in, especially money that is uh, seen as, uh, you know, that attack ads, negative campaigning, that sort of thing, causes A, causes the other side to raise money because Larian obviously raised a ton. And then uh, uh, B, it, uh, it, it there's a backlash factor that, yes. that can happen. And you, re- I think you really saw that in Lincoln with with people not really necessarily. I, I don't know if that that uh, the the kind of attack ad campaign was super successful. Um, I mean, it's easy to say that after the fact, right? Um, but but it but it um, you know it, it did seem like there was some backlash to the to the um, the the idea that money was pouring in and, and a lot of that money was pouring in focused uh, on the, on the kind of attack ad side on, on increasing crime and, and yep. sort of portraying as Lincoln as a, uh, a, a place that was uh, dangerous and getting worse. Yeah, it and didn't seem like Lincoln responded necessarily, or the majority of Lincoln voters responded well to that argument. Well, and, and again, this isn't a presidential election. It's not even a statewide U.S. Senate race or anything. It, people know the city, uh, fairly well who live here and they were interacting and uh uh and they followed it i mean that was part of the good news right is because there was so much money spent there was so much uh, focus yeah. on this election we had a record turnout uh, i think it was 44 percent uh, voter turnout which still seems ridiculously low but it was one of the high marks uh, i think in recent years for city elections so yes a lot of eyes were on this race and people responded um, um, in support of uh, the current administration. So anyway, I yeah. just wanted to, yeah, go ahead. You can just drive, I mean, sometimes you drive turnout and you drive turnout both ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think That's that exactly is what right. it seems to have happened right here. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, uh, joining us, Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, um, and a story that uh, also caught my eye that you guys worked on a couple days ago. I'll just read the headline again in the subhead. Uh, Victims of Nebraska violent crime victimized again by program that helps few advocates say. The subhead, the subhead, a state program is meant to help Nebraskans who have been raped, abused, assaulted, or family members reeling from the death of a loved one. It's helping very few of them, a Flatwater Free Press analysis shows. And again, Matthew, this, uh, having worked in the Attorney General's office, I, uh, I often, as uh, the comms director, uh, worked with victims and their families. I, I had the uh, uh, interesting uh, work to work with uh, uh, victims from uh, death penalty cases, uh, whether they wanted to interact with the media or not. Uh, the John Jubert case in particular, uh, that horrific uh, murder of, uh, of young boys, uh, worked with uh, the victim's family and the mothers of, of some of those victims. So, so I know how important it is firsthand uh, for government agencies to work with victims and help them. So I was just uh, really appalled, like I, I know many readers were, uh, of this story that you guys. So walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I really, I, I want to start with, with kind of what you were talking about, which is this idea of who these people are. I mean, this these are the most uh, kind of traumatized, and uh, just kind of horrifically affected group of people that you can imagine. Um, and, and there's this, there is this mix of federal and state money and a really admirable program that exists in all 50 states to essentially say you have been 
violently attacked in some way, we are going to uh, help you get back on your feet. You know, we're going to help you pay hospital bills that, that don't have any, I mean, are to no fault of your own. You know, we're going to help pay funeral costs if you're, if you're a member of your family uh, is murdered. Yeah, because let's um, face it, a lot of, many of the victims of these uh, violent crimes are people who don't have the means. Uh, their families don't have the means to, uh, to do what basic needs uh, after a, a horrific uh, incident like that. Yeah, and I think there's just a sense of, uh, of you know, unfairness too. Like, why, even if you do have the means, you know, it's it, you're you're in the state where you you know you're you could very well be at the lowest point that you've ever been at in your life, and to have to figure out how to pay a hospital at that point for uh, you know medical bills incurred through again through no fault of your own, it, it's a it's it's just a it's a very very vulnerable group of people. Yeah. And, and it, again. Yeah, even if it's not uh, dollars, uh, these group, these organizations are state organization is there uh, to hold their hand, uh, sometimes literally, and to walk them through the most horrific moments of their lives. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that that is the hope. <laughs> yes, but that, <laughs> that didn't is, happen. I think that is kind of <laughs> that should be our expectation, and, and the numbers bear out. I mean. Uh, I'll, I'll just read a couple to you. Yeah, please. Uh, Iowa, Iowa in the past two years that we have numbers for has helped 5,698 uh, 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 victims of crime through their program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyoming has helped 1,551 uh, victims of violent crime. Nebraska has helped 118. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, it really is striking when you consider that the, the same pot of federal money is available all these states. Now there's a calculation that's done. You you have to put in a little more uh, state money at the beginning to get federal money a couple years later. But essentially, you know, th- there's federal money there to cover most of the cost of this program. In, in Nebraska, for whatever reason, and we detail some, some of the reasons in the story, it's simply not helping any, uh, it's helping a fraction of the number uh, of Nebraskans who who go through this process, as Iowans who go through this process, or as residents of Wyoming who go through this process, or residents of Kansas or Colorado or Missouri, uh, too. So it it really is uh, striking, and the connective tissue with the the parole board story, I, yeah. I think, is fairly obvious. That, yeah. and, and it's you know, and this isn't an ideological or partisan issue. No. It's essentially, should state government work for you yep. when it needs to? Um, and, and, you know, I, I think in the case of this program, the, the numbers suggest that it should work better. Yeah, you say in the story, I'm sorry, who, the reporter I should have looked, uh, Sarah. Sarah Gensler. Yeah. Sarah Gensler, who's our state, wa- uh, state government watchdog reporter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah reports that, uh, uh, now I lost it here, but it, it, it takes uh, Nebraska's program aids only a tiny fraction of crime victims when compared to most neighboring states. That's what you said. And... Uh, um, it's it's been awarded less federal money meant for victims than all but two states in the past five years. Uh, that's just striking. What what uh, what kind of response did you get from from the agency? Um, you know the the you know not that dissimilar from the original uh, parole board uh, mm-hmm. response. To be honest, I, I think that there is 
you know, they're, my sense is that they're kind of in the middle or maybe even at the outset of, of trying to, to reform this thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, they also, the, the um, uh, director uh, of the program and of the Crime Commission, uh, Don R. Jr., um, you know, did say they're, they're asking for money for another staff member. He did respond to our questions uh, by email. He didn't want to do an interview, but he responded by email. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he did um, suggest some ways that they can make uh, kind of small uh, fixes to to make it better, but but honestly, a lot of the response was a defense of of kind of the way that it's going now. Also tied to the the way the law is written. I mean, they're they're part of part of the the blame here. If you want to cast blame here, probably lies with the Nebraska legislature. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's how you write the law, and then it's two things: how the law is written, which it's written kind of in a strict way uh, in Nebraska, and then how the law is interpreted which is Harp's job. Um, and he interprets it in, in, in uh, uh, my view, uh, sort of reading it and looking at some of the cases here uh, in, in an extremely rigid way. Well, um, it, it, so it, it kind of leads to this situation, those yeah, two things together. Yeah. Talking with Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press here on the Dan Parsons Show. Um, what I found fascinating about uh, Sarah's article, too, was and again, uh, you point out, as does Sarah in her article, that uh, yeah, it's the responsibility of the of the state legislature to oversee these uh, uh, these dollars and these programs. And uh, and again, uh, you observe that it was not uh, a partisan issue because both uh, members of the legislature from both the Republican and Democratic parties said that this is the first time any of the senators who spoke to Flatwater Free Press had seen the data. And they all had questions about the program and how states differ. Um, and so, again, the desired result of a good journalist and a good keeping people accountable, keeping our tax dollars uh, accountable and, and the people who oversee programs accountable. And now there was sh- uh, light shown on this story, uh, on this problem. And now there are state senators stepping up and at least asking questions. Yeah, I mean, there have already been attempts to reform it. Those attempts have been extremely bipartisan. My, my sense is that there's there's an ongoing effort to 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 do that uh, now as well, and we'll obviously follow the story as it as it uh, continues. Yeah, yeah. Well, Matthew, I feel like I cut you off when we were uh, going through the break there, but I do want to uh, in in one of our next episodes, uh, and and again for listeners maybe just tuning in. Uh, Matthew Hansen, the editor of Flatwater Free Press, and every Monday we will talk to Matthew or some of his reporters, whoever you want to throw at us, Matthew, uh, about some of the work that you're doing. And uh, and I I'm a, I am fascinated as a student of journalism um, about this new concept of uh, of of the of the model that you're starting here in Nebraska uh, over a year now that you've been at this. Um, and uh, in the trends around the country, too, in my in my view, humbly, I think it's an effort to save journalism. It really is, uh, because it's just uh, news departments, uh, newsrooms all over this country, all over the state are being decimated by layoffs. And and um, so you guys have uh, stumbled into. Well, you haven't stumbled into you. You've 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 purposely created a model that has worked and is working in other states. Uh, around the country. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a, a situation where if you take the wider view and you basically say, 
Does journalism need to exist and what parts of it need, need to exist? Where should we get our news? How, what should our news look like? It, you know, is, is, uh, it, is it supposed to be super surface level or, or can there be some depth to it? Um, you know, th- these are questions that are much bigger than me, much bigger, really, even than journalism. It gets to democracy yes. and, and sort of how much how much we want to be educated about the ways in which our systems work. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's been a super wild ride these last couple of years. But I, I mean, it is working at Flat, Flatwater Free Press. And I think that, uh, you know, you see these places around the country that are that are really having success. Uh, funding this thing through the the nonprofit model. Um, if your uh, listeners haven't heard of us, which is not uh, uncommon, we're still fairly uh, uh, boutique in, in the way that uh, the, you know number of people know about us. You can go to flatwaterfreepress.org and you can subscribe to our free weekly email newsletter, which comes uh, via me, um, and they can get that every Friday with all our stories and also news from from all over the state. And I highly recommend it. Again, it's free. Uh, you are a nonprofit organization, so you do take uh, contributions to to help fund uh, the great work you're doing. And and uh, and again, you the model is not only do you re- uh, give this uh, news away to subscribers and to anyone who wants it, but you also share it with other news departments around the state. Yeah, those these stories that we've been talking about uh, uh, during this hour. I mean, they've they've run uh, across the state in newspapers on TV station websites and on radio station websites, uh, and we we give it to them for free and 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 love it. Obviously, it helps us with exposure, but that's also just the point (laughs) is to to get information, um, good information to as many people as possible. So we're super gratified that, that, uh, you know, uh, media outlets across the state are using our stuff. Yeah, well, it shows the the depth of the work that you do and the quality of uh, journalism that you're producing. Matthew Hansen, editor of the Flatwater Free Press, thank you, my friend. Uh, we'll do this again uh, next Monday, if you're willing and able. <laughs> that sounds great, Dan. All right. See you then. Very good, Matthew. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back after this message on 1499.3 KLIN. <laughs> Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, so good that you could tune in on a Monday and hear a little hot news from Flatwater Free Press. We'll have Flatwater Free Press on uh, every Monday, and so uh, if you. Uh, have not uh, caught Flatwater Free Press. Uh, you can go onto their website and read all about them. Uh, they're a nonprofit group. Uh, we're not pitching them as a uh, as a paid advertiser or anything. They're just uh, uh, trying to fulfill my promise to you uh, that we're going to inform, educate, and entertain. And uh, hopefully, we're doing that. And so, uh, thanks to Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press. Well, uh, as we wrap up here today, I just wanted to uh, mention. Uh, I was telling Johnny over the weekend that uh, uh, I don't watch a lot of television. It's mostly, uh, this time of year, it's baseball. But uh, I caught uh, a new HBO miniseries over the weekend, uh, White House Plumbers. 
Uh, and it's just fascinating. I, I told Johnny we're going to have to dive into this a little more when we've got some more time, but uh, uh, it's fascinating. So we'll talk more about that in the in the days ahead, but uh kind of goes back to the roots of why I got into the business that I'm in. I started following news uh, back in the 70s when uh, Watergate was going on. So anyway, hey, no show tomorrow because our friends at the Nebraska baseball team are going to be on air, and they're going to resume last month's suspended game uh, with Creighton. So first pitch at 5 p.m. at Charles Schwab Field in Omaha. And so we will be back here on Wednesday for the Dan Parsons Show on 1499 KLIN. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Now, go do good things.